This is NLPS Ed Talks, a podcast brought to you by Nanaimo Ladysmith Public Schools. I'm Dale Burgos, the Executive Director of Communications, and I'll be sharing conversations with students, staff, and friends of the district. We'll learn, we'll laugh, we may cry, but most importantly, we'll share the unique stories of individuals that work and play in our school system. Nanaimo Ladysmith Public Schools is one of many school districts in British Columbia, Canada, and is centrally located in one of the most beautiful places in the world, Vancouver Island. Thanks for joining us. With great respect and humility, we acknowledge and honor the lands of this Nanaimo people. This Nanaimo people maintain a profound, unique, and spiritual connection to the land through ageless traditions, teachings, stewardship, and expressions of reciprocity. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the NLPS Ed Talks podcast. Um, I, as always, I'm very excited for every podcast uh, episode that we have. This one, I'm, I'm especially grateful to be sitting in this room uh, with these lovely people uh, to be talking to in the next uh, while here. Uh, we've got uh, in front of me, of course, is our uh, superintendent, Scott Saywell. Scott, maybe say hello. Good afternoon, Dale. How are you? Good afternoon. Yeah, or depending on when you're listening to this, good evening or good morning. <laughs> uh, and our special guest, I'm very happy to have her sitting here with us in our podcast booth, uh, Chief Administrative Officer for First Nation, Joan Brown. Hello. Hi, Dale. Hi. Uh, I have to say, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not typically nervous when I'm doing these podcasts. And, um, and it's because I want to, uh, like I said, I'm grateful to be doing this. And I want to do it justice because the podcast that we do, I mean, we have a lot of fun. We talk about the people that come on that podcast, but this is extra special because we as a district, as you know, we've gone through a journey um, and and we've been going through a journey now for for a number of years, but more specifically in my time that I've been here and I started in 2014 in the district and I've seen this change and how this partnership has, has grown. Um, with the First Nation and, and in, in our email signature, in my email signature, I, I, I say that I'm happy to be able to be living, working and playing on this land, which is this name of people's lands. And so, you know, I, I thank you and your ancestors for allowing me to be here to do that. I mean, it is a beautiful land. Um, I'm very, uh, I, I, I'm not surprised that uh, this was the land that was chosen many, many generations ago because it is a beautiful place to live. So thank you for that. Um, now we're, we're going to get started here. We're, we're um, you know, obviously with with Joan here, we're going to talk a little bit about the partnerships with the district and with the First Nation. But we've got we've got a number of topics that we, we want to touch on. But as always with any podcast, we want to get to know the guests that we have on here. And so uh, Superintendent Saywell has been here before. We don't need to know about him anymore. We we know he likes to play his guitar in the bathroom because that's where the best <laughs> acoustics are. That's right. <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, that's just... You that, bring that up again. Yeah, like that's, nice that's it. Yeah. It's um, uh, as long as we don't show pictures, right? I mean, it's fine that's to right. talk about it. Now with, with Auntie Joan here. Uh, and I, I call you Auntie Joan. I should explain this because um, I've been blessed to have been um, welcomed to you and and to to the family. Uh, and we we asked one day, what what do we call you? And and you said, call me, call me Auntie. And so ever since then, uh, I've I've been very fortunate to be able to call you Auntie. And so so thank you for that. Um, we have um, uh, Joan. Let's talk a little bit about what you do uh, with with the First Nation. And so I, I mentioned that you're the CAO. So what what, exa- what exactly would that be um, in your role? What do you do? Mm. Well, I'm one, one of two senior managers at the, for the nation. 
So as an administrator, my job really is uh, supporting uh, other managers in terms of the development of projects. Uh, but specifically, because of my background, I take the lead in all the majority of the cultural projects in the organization. So I spend much of my time bringing in the ancestral knowledge into the organization, uh, into the programs, and just strengthening the outcome for our community through an ancestral lens. So that's 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 my strength in terms of uh, developing programs. Like it's it's much different than a typical administrator. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's a very integral role, clearly, um, and uh, some. And we see you here quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, that partnership, <laughs> having her here, um, it's funny. If, if this was on video, you, could, you would have seen their faces when I said that. But it's, it's true. We do see a lot of you here. But it is integral to the partnership. And so um, I'd also like to ask, because, uh, I mean, Joan would not be your given name, though, correct? Uh, correct. Right. So if you, would, you, would you be willing to share us your name? Yeah, sure. Como what? by Cuomo Squish. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that as well. Uh, and you have a large family, right? I mean, th the family is very much a part of, of what we do on a daily basis here in the district. So uh, maybe getting to know you as an extension, uh, I mean, who who is your family? And of course, that can go on. I know when, when you talk about family, um, uh, it, it's an extension of when I talk about my family, I talk about my, my wife and my kids, typically my mom, my sister, my brother. That's not the case, though. <laughs> so to name everyone, maybe we don't have the time for that. Um, but, um, you know, if, if you wanted to share a little bit with us, please. Yeah, I think that, and thank you, Dale. I, what's important to me is to think about it, my relationship, back to the beginning of time. Like for me, I think about family. Uh, one, we're all related. We're all one family, without a doubt. But when you ask me about family, I, my vision is right back to the beginning of time, the ancestors all the way through, uh, and the generations ahead. So my notion of family is just a little different, and and that's the human side. I also think of the natural elements as my family. Um, you know, everything that we touch, a relative. So yeah, my notion of family is very different. I'm really glad you answered it that way because that is one of the things, and, and I have to say, and I'll be honest, and I've had this conversation with you uh, before, is um, I was not educated uh, growing up and uh, grew up in Manitoba, Winnipeg, a very large indigenous population there, but uh, surprised that I didn't grow up with the, with the tools or the knowledge or just uh, being taught that in school. And w what I really really just value and um, envy at the same time is exactly what you mentioned. You talk about family and it's not just a brother, sister, mom or dad. Uh, it's everything and it's everything living and, and it goes back to the beginning of time and that is ex exactly what um, I learned um, mm. you know, through my years talking to, talking to you, talking to uh, my brothers and sisters uh, here and it's just been, it's been an eye-opening experience. For sure, and and this is the reason why we're sitting here today, because uh, we want to talk about this journey and and where we're wanting to go, and uh, this is a part of it. This mm -hmm. is a part of it, and and um, 
this is a safe place, right? You know, where we're sitting here right now. I ask a lot of questions, um, and um, Auntie Joan's very patient with me because I do ask a lot of questions, but I also want to learn, and I want to, to be able to move forward in, in a right way. Um, let's talk a little bit about the relationship with the district. Um, before we get to a little bit of your history, because we always like to know who, who Joan was when she was little, right? Um, and, and, or you know what? Let's let's do that now. Let's let's start with that. And so, um, Andy Joan, um, you know, maybe a little bit of some of that history. You know, when growing up, um, you know, did you have you always lived uh, here, or did you go elsewhere for a little while and come back? You know, how how was that growing up? No, I've um, always lived here. Yep. Uh, um, raised in a traditional manner, in that just uh, surrounded by my immediate family. My parents, they were the generation that was the last fluent speakers. So um, for us, it's been quite a transition. My mom uh, was a survivor of residential school. Uh, she didn't talk about it, but what I love about my, one of the many things I love about my mother, uh, she taught me how to love wholeheartedly. Um, she also taught me to be grateful for another day on Mother Earth. Uh, it's just really that model of surviving horrific trauma, um, rebuilding and thriving. Uh, just profound and not realizing what they were teaching me, preparing me for this moment of working with other people, but spent much of my time through sports, that kind of discipline, uh, my heart and my mind to just, because it's tough out there, right? And so that's how they taught me, but kept me very, very close, but teaching throughout. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned some sports. I have to ask now, what, what sports were that? Mm, fastball, soccer, basketball, uh, paddling. Oh, yes, of mm, course. Of course. Yeah, so that's right. Joan was a pretty high-level um, athlete, um, for sure. Uh, well, I want to dig into this a little bit more, well, more now. So in, in all those sports that you had mentioned, or uh, were there some in spe uh, more specifically that you had excelled more at and you know d did a little bit of traveling? I mean... We did a lot of traveling for all those sports. Like, you nice. know, um, fastball. Gosh, we were in... Alberta, Ontario, California, Hawaii, Oklahoma, <laughs> Northwest Territories. We just, we did a lot of traveling. Okay. Uh, basketball, we mainly stayed through Washington State, throughout the province. Soccer, pretty much on the island. Yes. But yeah, basketball and soccer, both high level. Okay. And with which school team was it, or uh, rec like a recreational team? Not recreational. Like we played a senior B team for fastball, but we played in a senior A league over in Vancouver. Um, soccer, we're Div 1, and so we played throughout. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Do you, do you still play a little bit? No. Oh, we were no. kicking around before we came here. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we might have to. I want to see this because, you know, I'm looking at your forearms there. You know, you... <laughs> Got some structure there. I think Still that's has good. It maybe we'll yeah. see. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Fascinating, and and I love to hear a little bit of that history. Do you have a specific sport that you um, you, you like more than the others? Was there one that just was special to you? 
think fastball for sure. Yep. It just, yeah, it was just, uh, Scott and I were just talking about that being outdoors in the heat, <laughs> right? It's just, um, yeah, it was played with some really great girls. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. I, I love that. Love those stories, right? Uh, and and school-wise, were you through, did you come through the district here? or? or yeah, through here. Oh, okay, uh, excellent. Graduated from ND, uh, went to Mount Spina College, Simon Fraser, and uh, UVic. Fabulous. Okay, so let's let's dig a little bit deeper with uh, Malaspina. So VIU now, of course. Um, what what did you take over there? Uh, business administration. Okay. Yep. And then you said Simon Fraser. Political science. Okay. And Uvic was masters in indigenous language revitalization. Fabulous. Love it. That's that's great. Um, uh, great history. I, I love hearing a little bit about where people had come from. Mm. Um, you know, that's um, that's part of their story, of course, and that's and your story continues on. Uh, and and we've got Scott here. Everyone um, uh, heard him there a couple seconds ago. So let's get a little bit. Of, uh, let's talk a little bit about the um, the relationship now between the school district and with the First Nation. And um, currently, we have th- there's there's many things um, there's through the partnership. And I'll let uh, Scott and Andy Joan talk a little bit about that. But but um, things like the strategic plan, the say it's this learning framework, um, you know, wh- why are those unique? And so, um, you know, maybe I'll look to Scott now um, and, and talk a little bit about uh, where we are as a district and, and what guides us as a district. Well, that, uh, thanks, Dale, and a pleasure to be here today. Um, a little bit of insight into, uh, into Joan and, uh, and my relationship was kind of what you just witnessed, um, asking some questions of Joan to get an appreciation for that, um, you know, what I would call ancestral knowledge. And so uh, Joan's already dropped a couple pearls uh, of wisdom that, um, that uh, I, I dearly appreciate. And, um, you know, one of the things she said was this idea of that we're, we're all related. And um, as you heard, Joan was a, a pretty high-level athlete. Well, I, last year, I think, I invited Joan to uh, come watch my daughter play. Uh, well, I guess it was longer ago than that, wasn't it? Um, uh, on the VIU uh, volleyball team. And uh, with my wife, Kim, and Joan were there watching. And um, this girl sits in front of us. And uh, Kim says, because uh, she's a very good friend of my daughter's, Kim says, well, yeah, that's one I claim saying that this is, you know, one of our family. And Joan, and Joan looked at her, and this is Joan. Joan looked at her and said, um, I claim all of them. Um, <laughs> but she meant it. She did. You know, and so I don't know anyone like, like, like Joan Brown. Um, Joan Brown has uh, and continues to help our district uh, understand indigi- indigi- indigenous ways of, of knowing and, and being in this world. And... Um, Joan and I met, uh, I don't know, maybe three years ago now. We in, um, embarked on this, uh, what we called a committee at the time, that has since become a family. Um, oh, I should say, before before this happened, um, the last board uh, started as one of their goals in their uh, strategic plan, uh, Truth and Reconciliation, which really um, started us on this journey. Uh, and then so, so through that work, um, we came up with something with our knowledge keepers, of, of which Joan is one of them, called the uh, Siet Yet framework. 
So for those who don't know outside the district, I, I hope everyone in the district appreciates this, but the Siet Yetzes framework is a framework that overrides everything we do in the district. And Siet Yetzes is a Hulkaminim word for walking together, or, or walking in two worlds. So uh, we're trying to walk alongside our indigenous relatives in a way that I don't think has been done before. And so you mentioned earlier, we see Joan quite a bit. Um, and we do, and I talk to Joan um, and get her opinion on things very often. And so um, that's, that's how Joan and I met, through this work with uh, other knowledge keepers. And um, as I say, what you experienced is, uh, at the beginning, is me trying to understand a different worldview uh, through Joan's eyes. And um, that's really what started this, what turns out to be a very close relationship between the school district and Sinanemo. Uh, and, I mean, it, it's, it's grown, obviously. It has evolved over the years, and um, uh, there are so many exciting projects and initiatives that, that we have coming up here. And so uh, I want to I bring up one, uh, Quamquam, still equal, school. Let's talk a little bit about that one. That is a very special uh, partnership, um, one I've never seen before and one not seen before in the district. And um, maybe I'll go back now. Um, Auntie Joan, uh, you know, how does it feel to have um, a school that um, was built and, and sits on uh, reserve land, um, co-governed, you know, by a school district? Uh, not, not common. Uh, so how do we get to that point? Well, it's really interesting um, when I think about our relationship. I really have to uh, mention that you know I've been in this business for 40 years as an administrator in you know different roles, and Scott is the first superintendent that I've ever met, let alone worked with. Uh, in my mind, it speaks to um, a time when people weren't really interested in an ancestral way of knowing and being with each other so I'm thrilled beyond um, I've seen my parents and my aunts and my uncles trying to you know introduce school district to language, culture, wasn't received very well. So time spent with Scott, I cherish. Uh, what most people don't realize is that there's a willingness to learn, um, that our way of knowing and being is a path to higher level of knowledge, uh, deeper healing, a profound way of being with the land. So when we talk about Kwam Kwam, we're overwhelmed. Um, for us, it's really, we think about the school as a modern day portal, uh, the best of both worlds, if you will. What is amazing about Kwam Kwam is the land is pristine. It has a high energy and 
the children they are so happy that when we first started they never wanted to leave the school uh, when we opened the doors and that's what we would want for anyone doesn't matter who you are where you come from is that you have a place that you belong that you're important your gifts are important uh, we were just talking to one of the teachers the other day and I was amazed at you know when she was talking about the other staff members she said we're all family these children are my children and that's the way of the ancestors that's the way of the land and so for us we it's not unnatural to think about being in a situation where it's co-governed it's a really natural way to be because we love each other we love our children and we're here to help we take away these false boundaries and say we walk in the door doesn't matter where we are and say how can I help I'm here to help so we're, we're um, doing amazing things in the school so it's just really new and it's really hard to get other people to wrap their minds around it but it's it's a new model that we're trying to inspire other people to follow because we always say that how can we compete with the brilliance of the ancestors let alone replace the land in terms of its great knowledge and you know because it's really bringing the teachings out from that lens so it's powerful Dale. it's powerful and anybody that enters that school they don't want to leave because it just has its own energy it has its own life its own breath and we want to recreate that throughout the district yes Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being in that school and uh, amongst the trees, and you've got this, it's a, a beautiful site, uh, the perfect site for the school, and, and I'm happy to hear this, the students are doing well. Uh, I'd like to now maybe ask Scott about this, because the school system as, as I knew it growing up, I mean, it's a very colonial way uh, set up now, and um, uh, Scott, of course, being trained as an educator in, in that system. How does this... Um, now having this co-governed school this unique partnership that we have now and um, one that you're very much a big part of uh, you know how does that make you feel oh makes me feel very proud Dale um, this is uh, an unheard of relationship with a nation and a school district so to be clear this is a public school on uh, on the nation's land and so uh, when when Joan um, broached that idea initially. Um, we were we were working with Joan and and the nation to set up to set up this school. And while we were planning, uh, Joan at uh, one point I think it was just as simple as this. Joan, I, uh, she just said, "Well, why don't we why don't we partner here?" I said, "Oh, well that's <laughs> that hasn't been done before. Um, that's interesting." And I think I think we had already built uh, trust, and we have, and it's not simply between uh, Joan and myself. It's it's with uh, the nation and the school district. There are so many uh, people in this district, um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, Laura Tate's name, who has been championing um, indigenous ways of of, of knowing and, and learning, um, and so. 
you know, we didn't know what that meant. There were all kinds of roadblocks that we're dealing with today, but we're committed to making it happen, like, you know, funding models and, and the like, Dale, those um, weren't designed for situations like we have, where it's a true co-governance model. Um, so I'm just incredibly proud and um, you, you, uh, you, um, you know, the, the children in that school, as you know, Joan and I, we have our, our big, hairy, audacious goal, which is that one day the children in that school will speak Hokaminum as their first language. And so it's not a Hokaminum immersion school yet, albeit we're immersed in the Hokaminum language and uh, we're learning. Um, but one day, um, those students. That'll be their first language, and um, um, that just makes me hopeful. I, you know, it gives me hope for the future. And there's all kinds of things that that Joan and uh, our director of instruction, Ted Cadwallader, are working on as far as language acquisition. And so, um, big stuff. I'm, I'm completely excited about it. Yeah, very much so. There, there was at one point, uh, Scott. I think it was maybe a year or two ago. Uh, you first came on as a superintendent, and um, one of your questions to me was, "Dale, can you tell me what my my goals are, or or what what my priorities are?" And um, it was clear to me, and so my answer was, of course, um, uh, Indigenous relationships, strategic plan, uh, vulnerable students. You know, those those were all, and it was very clear to us what your goal was as a leader for the district, and. Um, you know, you, you said I was I was right, bang on. Uh, but it's it's one thing to say it, but it's one thing to live it and to act on it. And and again, I've seen that. I've seen it in action, and I see how we've worked together with Quam Quam and so many other different projects. And it, it's it's not just words. I mean, we are truly living this. And this goes right from the board, like you said, the board goal of truth mm -hmm. and reconciliation. Uh, we have the TR57 speaker series, right? I mean, there's there's those, there's there's so many things going on, and I really feel in a really good spot of learning uh, and moving forward in a good way. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Tuxton as well. Mm. So maybe going back to uh, Auntie Joan now, Tuxton. What is Tuxton? I'm grateful that you put it that way of um, how things are moving and changing. Uh, and I believe I'm not sure if it was to Tuxton, but really what we wanted to do, maybe it was Kwan Kwan, but at the end of the day is it's our wish and dream to be a force. Uh, you know, this way of knowing and being is uh, so critical to the survival of not only our people, but all of those that are connected to these great lands. And, you know, I think there's no other way of putting it in. Taytaxin is one of those projects that we're working together with the school district and the city and BC Housing. But what it does is it creates an opportunity for us to go back to the land. I think you mentioned earlier about the most vulnerable. Uh, for us, the way we think about things is that the land, in fact, is the most vulnerable. We've caused so much harm to the land that it's, it's time that we have to rethink what we're doing. You know, people would, in their time, would live in a delicate give-and-take relationship. But we're now at a place where we have to give more than we take. Uh, and more importantly, that from an ancestral lens, you know, when <clears throat> in their time, the environment was really, really harsh. 
and they recognized that if they didn't work together that they wouldn't survive. We have that same mindset that and trying to get other people to realize that if we don't work together no one will survive and today the environment is harsh but it's man-made drugs, alcohol, family violence. So that's why we always think of ourselves as we need to be a force that you know to affect change it has to be all of us and if we create an opportunity for the land to heal then you know the old people say you prepare yourself for the extraordinary to happen and you know we're we're taking our time on Taitaxin but it's important to think about it from a whole system that it's a tipping point you know because it it's uh, piqued a lot of interest and moving away from the needs of the residents to a place of taking responsibility and honoring the land in a good way and uh, it's it's been an amazing experience and I'm just really grateful for the opportunity and uh, certainly without a doubt the school district is taking the lead and saying if we're at the table Snanemo has to be here and that's really key to the success of any project within our territory. Very few people get that, but the school district does get that. that the nation needs to be at the table. Uh, but for us, it's, it's not about what buildings, what programs, uh, what kind of housing are we going to build, but rather what is it that we can do to restore the spiritual integrity of the land. That's a profound approach and yes uh, and, and to text in the project itself uh, when we talk about it as as partners um, the forward uh, the former rather uh, Harewood Elementary site so right now we have a building on that site but there's also a park uh, which of course sits on the um, unceded and traditional territory of the Snemok people uh, and uh, you know I'd like to ask Scott a little bit about that too and so thank you Auntie Joan for sharing that but um, you know the project for your vision Scott I mean what what is it um, that's that's come up in conversation that we could maybe expect on, on what we would see on this site well uh, uh, thanks Dale uh, the uh, the name to Tuxton by the way uh, because no one's mentioned it yet for people who don't know <laughs> is um, the original name of, of Mount Benson and so that site on 5th Street has, um, uh, well, it's sort of a man-made construction. Uh, it looks like we're directing our view to, to Mount Benson, the way the roads work and everything. Um, and it seemed like a, a nice name for that, that project. So, you know, the, be the beginning of wisdom is getting things by their correct name. So um, Tetuxton is very appropriate. Um, I, we're uh, we're hoping to have uh, you know we have a gymnasium on that site right now and of course it's the old site of the Harewood Elementary School um, and we're 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 looking to rejuvenate that site with some educational service. Uh, presently, we're just happy to be a partner with uh, the City of Nanaimo, BC Housing, and Nanaimo to see um, the return of some housing in that area. So. Uh, the return of what was an ancient village at one point, Snanemok, uh, uh, we're looking to uh, revitalize that area in a way that is, um, takes in the, the natural surroundings of the land. Uh, you know, Joan spoke a little bit about, um, you know, what we would call stewardship. And of course, Indigenous people have been stewards of this land for, you know, 
10 or 12,000 years and they continue to be and you know as jo as Joan was speaking there I, I was as I do sometimes um, she gets me thinking deeply about things and I was thinking you know I wonder where we'd be now um, if indigenous people led and we had followed where would we be with the environment you know it's one of our goals to be uh, in the school district um, a leader in uh, environmental uh, sustainability and um, I just um, we're just you know as Joan would say that you know the land is sick we have to heal the land and when the land is okay we'll be okay and so that speaks to all manner of um, stewardship issues and uh, so we're trying to be better stewards on this land as well and so uh, I again uh, you know it's a great sense of pride that that the school district is a partner in this endeavor and uh, very very exciting stuff very exciting stuff happening there and um, uh, really moving in a good direction thank you for sharing that uh, Andy John you touched a little bit about this uh, and, and as well as as you Scott and we're talking about the indigenous approach to learning mm. right and um, how there's this word being thrown around called uh, say land-based learning right and so I'd like to uh, throw it out to both of you right now let's talk a little bit about that because um, you know in previous conversation uh, you know you and uh, Auntie Joan um, you talked about this and you talked about the importance of, of um, learning indigenous learning but um, you explained it a little bit better um, than, than I could and so I'm gonna just ask you if you can just share with um, with us those thoughts on um, on your indigenous approach to learning uh, thanks, Dale. And I think for me, when we think about education, we, again, we think about it very differently. I'm fearful sometimes, you know, that uh, there's some great initiatives where they term it as land-based learning. I think it's used, maybe overused, so it's devalued, it's lost its meaning. For us, when we think about our relationship to the land, it's really about visiting all the sites throughout our territory, because as we mentioned um, earlier, that each of our sites have its own gift. And for us, what's really important is to visit a number of sites frequently. So when we talk about land base, we're talking about throughout the territory that we need to um, experience on a frequent basis. And that's our way of developing our senses. From an education model, we think about developing the intellect where we're trying to get to a different place of developing the whole self. Uh, one of the stories I like to tell all the time is when we paddled, we'd start down in the south end of Nanaimo and go up to uh, Stillnup, or we'd start there and go this way, or we'd be out by the river, we'd be out on the island. It's just really, it was the brilliance of the old people to make sure that we were visiting a number of areas so that the land would get to know us and we'd get to know the land. So it's for us, it's really important that we realize that we've got to travel. So it's the, that idea of just land base leaves a sense that you're just going to be in one stationary spot, but it's it's much deeper than that, and it's every site has its um, responsibility in terms of teaching us. So when you think about a whole system, it's it's really very different to to get to that deeper level of knowledge, deeper healing. We've really got to see a number of sites because, despite what everybody thinks, that colonialism impacts all of us. Doesn't matter who you are, where yes. you come from. Yes. We're all on the outside looking in. 
So when we say that we're one family, I'm glad you put it that way, that initial question, is that if, uh, if we hear it all the time is when we acknowledge that you're our real relative. Usually it brings people to tears because nobody has that deep sense of belonging that the ancestors had or the way that the land provides. And that's our wish for everybody is that to get a sense of belonging. But we're a long ways away, but at least we're on our way. Yes. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about belonging, uh, about learning on a specific site. Um, you, you know, not, you know, from the north to the south, there's there's lots of stories in between. And so now I'm looking to to Scott and and what does that mean for the district when we talk about certain sites uh, that the learning may be different at one site than the other? How does how does that affect the way that we move forward as a district? Well, I, you know, I th I think. Um, Here's here's what that that you make me think about. Um, you, um, we have uh, lots of great teachers and uh, support staff in our district, and I, you know I think even provincially there's some direction to uh, teach about um, the uh, history and culture of of Indigenous peoples, and so uh, oftentimes in uh, in interviews with um, pre-service teachers, we'll, we'll we'll ask them, you know, something like, "Where where are you in your journey to understanding the, um, the history and culture and plight of in Indigenous people?" And we'll have a great conversation. And uh, invariably, what comes out of that is an apprehension to um, to not offend Indigenous people by you know what they're doing in the classroom. So they like to know, okay, well, that's great, but how are we going to start? Um, and I've, I've heard, again, you know, Laura Tate, who's our assistant superintendent, was a previous um, district principal of Indigenous education. Um, her answer is always quite simple. Um, you can start by just getting out on the land, um, getting outside, getting to different areas and understanding. Joan, um, when she was talking, used a couple of uh, names that people wouldn't necessarily know when we said Te Tuxton already, um, Stilina is Departure Bay, and these other you know sites around. Well, get out there, understand the local uh, flora and fauna, and understand the history. Um, and so, well, you know, we're teaching about Indigenous people, history and culture. There's lots to learn from our Indigenous relatives. And um, that's that's a bit of a different concept. And that's what we're trying to do more of as we walk side by side. And that's the big reason why, uh, or one of the main reasons why we wanted to chat today is, is our, our upcoming initiatives, the, the new things uh, that, that we may be seeing as a district and, and partnering with, of course, the, um, the First Nation. Uh, and it's very exciting, as always, and uh, I don't think we'll give away too many secrets at this point because it's still early on in the process. Uh, but some of the early conversations um, with Andy Joan, and I'm going to, I put some quotes down here and, and some, of the, some of the phrases that you shared with me, and, and um, you had said at one point, love our land and love of the people, the way of the ancestors, right? Those, those were some of the sayings. Way of life, I love this one, brilliance of ancestors. And so, uh, you know, moving forward, I really would love to just hear a little bit about, uh, more about, you know, what you meant when we were talking about these and, and how we're moving forward um, mm -hmm. in, in this partnership. 
Thank you, Dale. That's a beautiful question, and that's one of the ongoing topics that's gotten to have. What are some of those practical applications? Because is you know we recognize that the ancestors were brilliant, but how do we translate it into something that's really meaningful? Uh, what we've learned along the way is that need for deep healing and that sense of belonging. So is how do we create that? And you and I, when we were talking earlier, how is it that you conduct yourself in the presence of the sacred? Uh, how do we know when the sacred is here? Uh, I think that's really changing the mindset of the younger people that that it's just you know when I think back about my mother just to be grateful for one more day on Mother Earth right and to love wholeheartedly if we could walk into a schoolroom and have that it just really will open the door for deeper learning you know trying to get us out of that cognitive process you know, thinking about how do I listen more deeply? How do I even just listen? So that goes through your whole body. How can you turn off your mind? How can you be silent? And, you know, it's really that, of course, without the language, we couldn't move. Uh, we talk about uh, Ted and I, uh, Indigenous immersion. So some of the projects we're talking about artwork, stories, all that give us that deeper understanding of ancestral knowledge, uh, looking, studying at every word in our language to see what it really means and understanding the ancestral worldview. So for us, it's really once we can begin to understand it, start to articulate it in a way that other people will begin embracing it, and then we'll see what happens when true healing begins. You know, I think that the urgency is that we have to act now because who's in the room, who's at the table, there's a willingness. So for us, it's to start implementing it one step at a time, but understanding where is it that we can help. Uh, I think about the Taytexton project. One of the um, elements that really stands out for me, for example, is uh, the North Wind, which is we refer to as Stywood. Uh, for my dad's teachings, he said, North Wind will bring a, bring about change. It'll bring about positive change. So when you think about how the design is going, it's the wind is coming, North Wind is coming this way. It's just going to start healing the people that are resident there, just and anybody that's connected to those lands. And that's how we're trying to think about things is, just like your question is, what does each of these parcels bring? And it's really that first out of the gate is, how do you create that sense of belonging, right? It's not just a school, like changing, we're going through a process of changing some of the names, but that's part of that connectivity, learning the language, but starting to honor the land in a good way and giving back. And that's when you're really going to see the magic and having the younger generations really embrace that way of being so things will be better for the generations that follow. That was a pretty good way to finish, Dale. Yeah. I don't know. I just know we're <laughs> we're going over time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And and I really don't want to cut it short. But I mean, how do you even top that? And so, um, I, I think we I think we leave it at that. And uh, we can definitely 
come back and, and do another podcast as we continue this journey together. I, I really just want to uh, thank you, Scott, for um, for being here. But um, you know, I, I look to Auntie Joan, and I thank you for spending the time and, and as always, sharing your wisdom mm-hmm. and, and just accepting uh, me in, into your life. It's mm-hmm. just um, it's it's always nice to learn. Uh, to grow and and never to feel like I'm I'm, I'm messing up, uh, right? And it's it's because I am learning, right? But I think that's why we're here, and that's how we're going to move forward. Yeah. Th- thanks, Dale. Thanks for for having us, and thank you, Joan. Is is there any way you wanted to uh, end, Joan? Any? Yeah. I want to thank my nephew, Dale. It's not easy to sit in a place. It's this unnatural setting to humble yourself, to really listen. Uh, You're an amazing human being. I'm the one that's grateful for a moment to tell my story. And you make it very easy, very comfortable. Scott would tell you I don't like talking about myself I don't like talking period but that's you Dale to love the people and the community in a way that you you want to get the information out this is no ordinary it's that love that you have for the people that I'm really grateful for so I'm very honored very humbled to sit with you today. Hi, Chika. Hi, Chika. I love you. I love you too. Thanks, Dale.